everyone, and welcome to Fake News Friday. It is Friday, February 10th, 2023. I am Andrew Lawton, joined by the lovely and wonderful Sue Ann Levy. Nothing fake news about those adjectives and many more. And this is the moment of the week where we look back at the week that was. We swim through the flurry of falsehoods, the fabrications and fictions, and try to make sense of it all, and perhaps even have a laugh or two in the process. And as always, and you can uh, certainly attest to this through your uh, career of watching all of the people that are supposed to be the watchers of truth themselves, they give us no shortage of material. That is for darn sure, and more and more lately. Yeah, very much the case. And one of them, we needn't look further than the nation's capital, just a year since the uh, Freedom Convoy. And there is a new battle brewing on the streets of Ottawa. This one, a little bit more colorful and a little bit less in the way of honking. A battle of protests, dueling protests about drag storytime events, specifically one at Ottawa's National Arts Centre. Now, I wasn't there, but on Wednesday night, there was a protest against the drag storytime event at the the NAC in Ottawa, also a group of counter-protesters. Uh, the media was very clear and very quick to point out that there seemed to be more in the pro-drag storytime protest than in the anti-drag storytime protest. I mean, all told, we're still talking about no more than maybe uh, 200, 250 people here with a dozen police officers there to keep the peace. Uh, the sense about this, though, seems to be that those protesting these events are in the wrong. And I'm curious about your thoughts on this. They're absolutely not in the wrong. Number one, I mean, it, it just upsets me so much to think there's so much wrong with this. First of all, they're entitled to have their opinions and they're entitled to free speech. And, you know, you know, and I've made no bones about the fact that I'm gay and I'm op openly gay and married to a woman. And, uh, I still believe that these drag queens story hours for young kids are inappropriate. A lot of these drag queens um, do some very, very pornographic and suggestive things. And I think the parents who take these kids to these drag queen shows, maybe I'm old fashioned, but I don't think so. I think it's just totally inappropriate. And there's a, you know, verging on obscenity, on a, a being obscene, I should say. Yeah, and listen, I mean, drag queens and drag shows have been around for years, and it's only been in the last two years, in my view, that anyone has ever cared about them. I mean, I, I've never heard from a single Bible-thumping evangelical type, and I say that as a conservative Christian myself, who has cared about these things at all until it became directed at children. And I think that's the key distinction here, and that's why people are— and by the way, a lot of people that have no issues with uh, the LGBT community— but don't necessarily like the targeting of some very suggestive shows to children. Like, that's the only variable that makes people care about it. When did that become appropriate, Andrew? I think it's totally inappropriate. Now, I've never, my wife and I were not fortunate enough to have any children, but I wouldn't have allowed my children to go to something like that. Let children be children. They should be playing with, well, I, shall I say, anatomically correct dolls i don't know is that out these days trucks whatever it's all gender neutral yeah all gender neutral trucks and dolls and you know i used to do hopscotch i used to play jacks like let kids be kids why are you and these 
drag queens, I mean, I think they're funny and I enjoy a good drag show, but they're really over the top and they are suggestive. And I think kids of five, six, seven years old, that's too much for them. It's far too sophisticated. There was a piece in Global by Rachel Gilmore that says these uh, events are facing, quote, a crisis of hate, unquote. Now, she's not using her own words. She's using those of an advocate for these shows that she quoted. But again, people protesting drag story time for children. I don't see how that's creating a crisis of hate or any crisis whatsoever. I think the opposite. I think that we've become tremendously intolerant I mean, tremendously tolerant, that's uh, tolerant of this kind of thing. And people are afraid to speak up because precisely of what she said, that you're transphobic, you're homophobic, you're all the phobics you can find. And, you know, they, again, I'm going to repeat, I think it's inappropriate to expose young kids to this. And I think parents who bring these kids, bring their children to these story hours um, are, you know, I think it's wrong. I think it borders on abuse. And uh, that's speaking from someone who is gay and, you know, lived in the closet for many, many years. But I mean, when did it become acceptable and when did it become, um, you know, that people are hateful for saying this is wrong? This is just 100 percent wrong. Yeah, and in that article in Global, uh, Rachel Gilmore quotes Faye Johnstone, who's the executive director of a group that is a consulting firm that advocates for progressive policies on violence prevention, mental health, and social inclusion. So a lot there. And what uh, Faye Johnstone says is, I am deeply concerned that one of these days I'll wake up and there will be a headline about a shooting or about physical assault or sexual violence against uh, 2S LGBTQ people in the name of addressing, quote, grooming, unquote. So what uh, this person is doing is linking those protesting drag story time events with those that use the term groomer, with those that commit acts of violence. We're talking about three degrees of separation here that are, I think, very offensively uh, trying to imply that there is a, a tendency towards violence of people saying what you've just said there. Faye Johnson is a bought and paid for shell of the Trudeau government. He's given her, the Trudeau government has given her consultancy a tremendous amount of money to, I guess, consult on this precise kind of thing. So Faye Johnson has a very distinct agenda. We've crossed swords on uh, Twitter, and I think eventually she blocked me because I'm allegedly a turf. You know, you can't, you can't actually criticize people for being outrageously uh, trans, like going over the top without being accused of being transphobic. So Jay, uh, Faye Johnson has a vested interest. And I don't think Rachel Gilmore, I don't think should be quoting her, but they're given a platform. That's the unfortunate thing. As you and I have both known through my career, these outrageous radical activists are always given a platform and that becomes the standard for bad or good behavior. 
Yeah, very much so. And it's not connected to the drag story hour story, but I think it's part of the general media climate about this. Uh, This student who's been suspended for saying there are only two genders, which uh, you normally would be an opinion that at the very least we could have within the bounds of acceptable debate, even if someone disagrees with that. But Josh Alexander says this in a Catholic school context. He's suspended and now is trespassing when he tries to go to his school. He was arrested. Yeah, it's crazy. He stood up for some young ladies who felt very uncomfortable about going into a gender neutral washroom because trans identified uh, young men were coming in and changing. And I don't blame them for feeling uncomfortable. Again, it's wrong. And he's and, and it's a Catholic school. What happened to Catholic values, Andrew? And he has been, you know, tarred and feathered for you know, doing and saying what is probably on most of our minds, those who don't speak up, the uh, silent majority. So, I mean, this is the craziness that has come of this world. And let, let me just add that Faye Johnson is a biological male. Let her come after me and tell me that, that I'm wrong, but she is a biological male. She identifies as a female, dresses as a female, but she's still a biological male, married to another biological male. So there you have it. Well, again, you know, normally saying things that are true should not be uh, subject to all of these efforts at cancellation, but we are in the post-truth era, uh, as uh, you and and many of our audience well know here. Uh, Are you a figure skating fan by chance? I love the figure skating. I think it takes a lot of diligence and commitment to do it well. So yes, I do like figure skating. My my grandmother used to be a, a giant figure skating fan, so I, I always had a bit of a soft spot for it. Uh, and if you are a figure skater with the wrong opinions, you are no longer allowed to be uh, Canada's sweetheart on ice, such as the fate that has befallen uh, Jamie Sallet, the former Olympic gold medalist, who initially, if you know uh, sporting history, actually had her uh, gold medal robbed of her because of a very corrupt Olympic judges. Uh, but Jamie Sallet has become, in the last couple of years a COVID skeptic. She has been critical of the vaccine. She's been opposing vaccine mandates. I don't, I've never met her. I've never interviewed her. I I don't even know if I follow her on Twitter, quite frankly, but I see her from time to time and think that people should be able to say what they want without issue here. Uh, She was someone who had a a tremendously successful career. She was literally uh, called Canada's sweetheart on ice. But now that she has dipped her skate into wrong think, she is getting the full takeout hit piece from the Toronto Star and CBC. She's getting an icy reception, you should say. Uh, Very, very good. Correct. Oh my God, the pun for fake news Friday. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's- You're skating on thin ice. Yes. Well, she's skating on thin ice. <laughs> yeah, well, she's fallen through the ice now. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> well, it's so typical, though, of the media that, you know, if you don't follow the party line, the Trudeau party line, um, the health party line, the, you know, the the flu party line, well, gee, then you're, you know, a terrible person. Um, I want to bring up something because, you know, I was looking at what she had said and what she'd done. Fact of the matter is that there are many people who've died suddenly of clots, of, um, you know, young people who have died mysteriously. That's been buried under the rug. I'm sorry, but, you know, some people have to speak up. And those who did during COVID were you know, quickly shut, you know, shut down. 
but she may be over the top. But the point is that I'm not sure that vaccine was, those vaccines were entirely safe. And she has a point. And I think that there are people who have died of blood clots, probably as a result of the vaccine. I've been very open about the fact that I had some bad side effects to the vaccine. Having said that, my father died a month before the vaccine came out and probably would have been saved by it. But, you know, it's it clearly wasn't for everybody and it shouldn't have been mandated. And it was terrible what, you know, people were put through. Well, and I think the most important point of this is that we should be allowed to, in a free society, have this conversation and ask whatever questions come up. And I mean, the, the fact is in Alberta, I think it was in uh, July or June, the numbers came out and found that the greatest cause of death in Alberta is unknown. The leading cause of death is cause unknown. So normally, if you have some statistical anomaly like that, there would be a, a desire to look and say, hmm, what's causing all of these deaths? And, you know, I, like I said, I, I can't endorse anything that Jamie Soleil has said without looking at specifics, but I, I don't think you should have to. And I don't like this idea that just to use the language of the Toronto Star here, the Olympian is championing something darker. And when they talk about all of the examples of this, one of them is that the mainstream media lies to you. One of them is that COVID was a hoax, but with the, the piece of supporting evidence they used for Jamie Soleil's purported evidence that COVID is a hoax is actually no such thing. It's just a, uh, qu a quote that she has retweeted from someone who tweeted a screenshot. Like it, There's nothing there in, in what the Toronto Star is saying. And I, I'm tired of this idea of maligning people's entire existence and accomplishments because they dare not to think what the media says they're supposed to think. Well, just don't forget that this is the Toronto Star that had on the front page that huge, huge yeah, uh, and huge type saying that people who didn't get the vaccine deserve to, I think, even die, if I recall correctly. Yeah, denied healthcare treatment, alienation. Yeah, no, it was a horrible, horrible claim. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but you know, people are entitled to question. And, uh, you know, those who died of blood clots, purpose unknown, cause unknown, cannot question anymore. So it's left to some of us to question and to wonder whether the vaccine was good for everybody. Yeah, and, and CBC wrote about this uh, article in the Toronto Star, uh, it was an opinion piece by Shireen Ahmed, who writes that she was devastated to find out that Bobby Orr, a hockey player she likes, supported Donald Trump. And, you know, she's now devastated to learn that Jamie Sallet, a figure skater she likes, believes all this stuff about COVID. And it's like, who cares? If, if I like someone for their music, I actually don't really care about what they think about Cambodian rice tariffs to, to decide whether I like their music or not. So it's this idea that we have to politicize everything that I think is causing a breakdown in society here. Absolutely. Except for Roger Waters, who's virulently anti-Semitic. So I. Yeah, but but I mean, but again, you, I think you're, you're right about that. Like everyone has to draw their own red line. No one's forcing anyone to write any others. But but again, Roger Waters says what he says. People are going to agree with him or disagree with him. It's like I, I don't feel the need to let him occupy any of my mind. Exactly. And, you know, that they feel bitterly resentful, like take a chill pill, you people who've written this sort of stuff. People, again, people are entitled to their opinions, whether they skated on thin ice, have gone through the ice, or, you know, played the brilliant hockey. And by the way, Barbie Orr is no longer with us, so...
Is he not? Is it Bobby Hall or Bobby Orr? I don't think either is still with us, actually. Let me just check. Uh, Bobby Hall just passed away. Bobby Orr. I, I, I worry I'm killing off someone here. Uh, no, Bobby Orr is still alive. We've just killed off Bobby Orr. Uh, no, Bobby Orr is still with us, and he is 74 years young. Oh, I missed, I, you know, I thought it was Bobby Hall, so I, yeah. apologies. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be debunking the fake news, Sue Ann. We can't go peddling it. Bobby Orr, if you're listening, we know you're alive. We know you're well. We wish you very well. Yeah. My apologies. <laughs> no, it's okay. I Gordon Lightfoot once a few years ago was subject to like a Twitter death rumor and he did an interview and he said it was okay because his songs hadn't been played so much in years as to when everyone thought he had died. So I, I think it's all good. <laughs> um, we, we've talked about uh, the claim that people are peddling conspiracy theories. As we know, yesterday's conspiracy theory is today's government press release. Uh, take no further look than Ontario's public health office, where they've come out with the determination that hmm, maybe masks don't actually work as much as people think or used to think. A Public Health Ontario document says masking wouldn't have eased the respiratory virus surge in the fall. Perhaps it's because masking is nowhere near as ascendant as the mandate lovers claim. Gee, go tell Nele Kaplan, that doctor is also a trustee on the uh, Ottawa School Board. Go tell her that because she still feels that she has to wear her mask even on, uh, you know, on online, on interviews. But yeah, I, I could have told you that. Um, I abandoned the mask ages ago and I've had COVID uh, with and without masks. So, hey, it's a toss up whether the, the mask, I don't think the mask helped much unless you got an N95, which most people didn't have, but those cloth masks just gave you, uh, I guess, a feeling of security. And by the way, Andrew, what's with the people who are still wearing masks? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's the thing is that if someone was wearing the really heavy duty high end mask and they were doing it really diligently, then fine. I mean, I was on a plane with someone uh, not that long ago who I, I won't name, but there's someone who's well known in the, the COVID world and they were wearing an N95 mask, but they take it off to eat their food. They take it off to drink. They, you know, were chatting with me face to face, airplane seat away from each other. So I don't know if the mask on the plane was doing really anything at that point. Uh, and other people as well you're right that wear these like ratty cloth masks that they got in march 2020 and have never washed and they're thinking oh you know i'm doing this to save lives why aren't you oh i know they've been so indoctrinated i mean i saw people go in go up to a brunch wearing the mask and then taking it off to look at the food god almighty breathing all over the food as they took matt lowered the mask i mean it makes no sense it's just like a a security blanket like your little, you know, you had you slept with a little dolly when you were young. It's like that. It makes no sense to me anymore. And and you know, I I've said this before that COVID has created these people who are so you know insecure and somewhat narcissistic and obsessive compulsive. And that's the sad part is that you know people cling on to this stuff as if it's going to protect them. I mean, I had COVID in November. It wasn't so bad. Uh, I was okay in a week. And, you know, that's what the vaccines were for. 
Yeah, and, and I should say specifically here, they're, they're saying that mask mandates were not going to offer any more protection than just telling people, hey, wear a mask if you want to. I mean, with the University of Western Ontario just last week dropped its mask mandate. Meanwhile, down the 401 uh, Laurier or Waterloo is still continuing this thing, uh, as we talked about a little bit on last week's show. But the whole point is all of this stuff is happening while cases are still going up and down the way they always have here. And it, it's been particularly noteworthy. Like there was this story uh, not that long ago in uh, Global, I think it was October, where an ex-science table advisor was saying, we need to reinstate mask mandates. Well, even Public Health Ontario now is saying there's no evidence to support that as getting us through the winter with less respiratory virus. What did we do before COVID? Did we wear masks when, you know, there was a risk of flu or pneumonia or bronchitis, the usual, you know, winter issues? No, if you're sick, if you're sick, stay home. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny when I go shopping, I see people still wearing masks, but they'll take a cart, they'll take a cart and not clean like they used to clean the the tops of the cart, which I always do, it will touch that and then probably touch their face and their eyes. So you're getting as many germs off of that, you know, that cart that you're pushing around. So it makes no sense. People just, you know, are like robots. They just, you know, think this is going to help them and it's not. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. So I, I literally just found this uh, moments before the show went on. It was like under my desk in the corner. And this may be like the first mask I got in 2020. Who, why I had it in my home office, I had no idea. But maybe it fell out of my laptop bag or something. But I can, I, I, if I were... If I were a butcher guy, I would just like rip it up on air, but I don't want the mask to foil me. So I'll just do like the, the dramatic crumple and, uh, and throw, as we say, uh, good riddance to masks and mask mandates. Uh, that does it for us for today. My thanks to all of you for tuning in, to Sue Ann for your uh, tremendous grace and wit as always. Uh, thank you and everyone have a wonderful weekend. Yes, thank you. And apologies to Bobby Orr.